Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. Today um, I'd like to speak to you from out of the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 7 to 18 and my message title this morning is Our Freedom in Christ. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect a lot of glory isn't there there's going to (laughs) be because of the glory that excels for if what is passing away was glorious what remains is much more glorious therefore in other words so as a result of everything that's been said before since we have such hope We use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains covered in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, A veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now this gets me every time. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, first that we can be be called yours, that we can be here in this house, that we can worship you today, that we can sit at your feet today and hear from you. Father, I pray that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Lord, not my words, but your words as I speak, Father, that you would be glorified. Father, that each word that is spoken, Father, that is to settle in each heart will be received with joy and with gladness. And Father, I pray that as this word goes forth, you will, mm, Lord, you will accomplish what you send it to do and you'll prosper in that which you send it to work within, Lord God. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory and we give you all the honour for it's all about you, Lord. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Have you ever got to a place in the Bible when you've read and you just can't read anymore because it just captivates you, it lays hold of you and you keep going over it and over it and over it? Well, that's what's happened to me this week. In the last three, four weeks, uh, we've had three deaths of close people in our family and uh, we've had two funerals and we've got another funeral this week as well. And just the urgency of the hour... And looking to God to encourage and, and to, to comfort those who mourn. Um, 
yeah, it just draws, always draws me closer to God than ever. Um, and so as I was reading this scripture, I drove back from Barrie on Thursday afternoon. I, I put, did a funeral up there for a dear friend. And uh, I was just listening to the word as I do when I travel. And this thundered, the where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We can walk in the freedom that God has for us. And then I started to really look into it over the last couple of days. What do you want to say to your church, Lord? What do you want me to know through this? And um, so he's taken me on a Bible study, which I absolutely love. Don't you love it when God takes you deep into the word? Sorry. So the passage of scripture that we're looking at, it compares the Old Testament with the New and it shows that the excellence of the New compared with the old, that the excellence is law, that the old is law and the excellence of the new is the grace of God. God's grace that's poured out upon us and it's because of Christ. See, the veil is taken away in Christ. And the gospel of Jesus, it's such an incredible, clear dispensation as opposed to the law. In the law, the things of God um, can be very veiled and in the New Testament, when we see that Jesus is the Messiah come to save us all, we understand that it is clear we don't have to fulfill all those things of the law. And I'll get to that a little bit. But God's grace shows us all we need is to submit ourselves to Jesus, that we receive Jesus as our Saviour and as our Lord, and that he fills us with what he, we need for the season that we're in. So the veil is done with. You know, when Moses went up onto the mountain, got the Ten Commandments and he came back down and he had the veil over his face because they couldn't look upon the glory that was upon him. Well, that's done with. That veil is done with. We can be as full of God's glory now as he wants us to be and as our, our spirit hungers for and desires to be so close to him. But, you know, the Moses, that Moses and all of the prophets in the Old Testament, they were all pointing to the one to come. They were all pointing through into that time when Jesus Christ would come and bring salvation to the world. So those who lived under the law, they had their minds blinded. And last week we talked about spiritual cataracts and blindness and what it does to us. Um, and we understand also that the Jews are still under law. But there's a time coming when that veil is going to be taken away and they're going to turn to the Lord there are some who have received Jesus, received Yeshua as their long-awaited Messiah. And that veil has been lifted and their hearts have been uncovered and opened to the, all the promises of God through Christ Jesus, their Lord. And we'll hear more about that next week. But, you know, when we receive Jesus, the promise is that our hearts and our minds would no longer be blinded or veiled by all of the law and ticking all of the boxes that needed to be done. See, when we're saved and we receive Jesus as Saviour and as Lord, that veil, which I think is a veil of ignorance, it's a veil that blinds and makes you ignorant to the fact of the truth of who Christ is and what he wants to do. It's lifted. It's a veil that lifts off of our hearts so that the hardness of our heart can be molded and loved on by God by the power of his Holy Spirit and we can be open to what God wants to do 
in our hearts and begin that process from the moment of salvation until the moment that we go home to be with the Lord. That process has begun and it will continue day by day as we allow him to do that. But today I really want to look at liberty. I want to look at freedom in our lives and what it means. But I also want to look at what it doesn't mean. There's a balance between grace and law, between the old and new. And we know that Jesus is the fulfilment of the law. In Matthew 5.17, Jesus said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfil. You see, Jesus is the total fulfilment of all of the law. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Matthew 5.18, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one little, one tittle of the word shall not pass away from the law till all be fulfilled. And Luke 16.17, it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. There's still... When we think about that, you think, well, if we're under grace, we're not under law. We're not under the law as according to the Mosaic covenant. Did you know that in the Mosaic law, there are 613 laws? 613. And interestingly, did you know that the pomegranate, who knows about pomegranates? Yeah. When you go to Israel, they make you fresh pomegranate juice and you can just sit in the sun, in the beautiful sun and just drink from this pomegranate juice thinking that the priests that used to minister in the temple had a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate all around the hem of their their tunics. And that was so significant of the fact that they were still under, under that law. But you think about law and you think... Well, the Ten Commandments, what about them? Yes, they're still in place. They are still in place. Rules are in place. There's no other gods. First commandment, no other gods, no idols, no blasphemy. Don't, um, don't lie, don't kill, don't steal. Keep the, the Lord's day holy. Keep your marriage partner pure. You know, all of those things, they're all still in place. And some of them are law according to the laws of the land, but some of them are moral and spiritual laws and they are still in place and we still need to apply them in our life. And it's interesting because when you think about all of those laws that are in place, no one could ever keep all those laws. 613 laws that applied not just once a year, but very often daily. Things that had to be done, the sacrifices that had to be made, the rituals, the mikvahs where they had to go in and bathe how many times a day they needed to. So, so much. And I don't want to really concentrate on that today except in showing the comparison of God's incredible grace that we are no longer under the law of the old covenant but we are under the law of the grace of God and how that gives us incredible freedom. You see, Jesus came mm, for all, not just the good people, not just the ones that were living a good life, not just for those that you know, could hold their heads up high. He came for the downtrodden. He came for the uttermost to the guttermost. He came for everyone because there is no favourites in God. God loves everyone unconditionally. And all of us need to be aware that in the life that we live, in the things that we do, there is no one that is above any of us. 
God came to give us a servant heart. Jesus was the servant king and he set an example that if we love, we will serve. And that's freedom. Isn't it incredible? It's such a paradox that you think about. Freedom is serving God with all our hearts and our souls and our minds and our strength. And it's just amazing too because everyone who was born, has been born, will be born, living now, that same sacrifice that was made at Calvary 2,000 plus years ago is still working today. That blood of Jesus that he showed, shed for us is still available for us today that we can have our minds open to the things of God. We can have our hearts open to the love of God to be poured abroad in our heart, that we can know his will, we can walk in his will. And that's just such an amazing thing that we can know him And the power of his resurrection, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells bodily within you, within me, within every born-again believer to give you the power to do the things that you need to do for him. It's incredible. Matthew 9.13 says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. So Christ Jesus paid that one time for all price for us. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's love personified. And the love of God has been poured out upon the world to make a way for everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus to be saved. Jesus is God's perfect gift of perfect love and perfect sacrifice for us doesn't matter what you've done whatever sin you've committed whatever has been or whatever will be that one time sacrifice for Jesus that he made for us is enough if you confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness you see it's coming to him It's coming to him and saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need my heart cleansed. I need my mind open to the things that you want me to see. I need to be free to be who you've created me to be. And we're coming up to Easter. We're two weeks out of Resurrection Sunday. And let me tell you, it's not about the bunny. It's about the lamb, the lamb of God who was slain for the world that we might know his life and his abundance in all things. What we're talking about today is law versus grace. You might also say it's religion versus relationship with the one who died for you. I know what I want. I want that relationship with Jesus. I don't want to be bound by. I'll get to it. (laughs) You see, God's glorious grace was fulfilled In the Lord Jesus Christ, his light and his liberty are transforming and we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, it says in verse 18. From one degree of his glorious grace to another as we allow him to until such time as we go home. What a blessing. What an incredible blessing. And how much do we take it for granted? Maybe not you, maybe me, definitely. We take it for granted some days. 
And sometimes when you're really sweating the small stuff and things are going wrong and you're looking at stuff that's happening around and you're looking at grief in the world and you're looking at loss and you think, Lord, we need to be able to process the things that we're going through. We need to be able to understand, yes, life is hard sometimes, but God is good. And when we're walking through those hard things, his grace is sufficient for us because when we walk through those hard things, those things of trial, those things of transition, those things of adjustment in our lives, we know that God's grace is sufficient for us because change can cause us to be in weakness. But God's grace is enough for us. And leaning into him and understanding that we are blessed and we are privileged because we have Jesus. So because of this, we have liberty. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 17. I looked into my Strong's Concordance, digging into the word, and the Greek word is eleutheria. Liberty to do or to omit things having no relation to salvation. That's pretty specific, isn't it? Liberty to do or not do things that don't have any relation to salvation. It means also liberty from the yoke of Mosaic law and from Jewish errors, so blinding the mental vision that it does not discern the majesty of Christ. So the law that keeps us blinded to the majesty and the glory of Christ. This is all from this little Greek word. It also means freedom from the dominion of corrupt desires so that we do by the free impulse of our soul what the will of God requires. Isn't that incredible? You see, our hearts can be set at liberty. They can be enlarged. And to run with the way of God's commandments and to know that transforming power of the gospel of Jesus, it's his spirit that works that in us. And it's the revelation that he gives us as we press into him, into his word, into prayer, into worship, seeking his face, loving him, loving his church, loving the not yet believers, making the main thing, the main thing we are here to be bearers of his light and his love and his transforming grace in our community, first in our own homes and families and then into our community, that God is good and he came to set the captives free. And I remember when I was still captive before I received Jesus as Saviour and Lord, such bondage. John 8.32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And John 8.36 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus sets us free. And it's present tense, past tense, and future tense ongoing. He has set us free. He is setting us free. He will set us free as we press into him and allow him to do the work in us that only he can do. Not what man would speak over you. Not what woman would speak over you. Not what philosophy would speak over you. Not what the media would speak over you. That's condemnation. We're free from condemnation. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We are not free from God's conviction. 
God will push your heart buttons and show you something you need to deal with. And when he does that, it's not done to bring you guilt or shame or condemnation. It's done because he loves you so totally and so completely and he wants to work something in your life through what you're carrying. Jesus sets us free. His truth will make us free. He gives us clarity by his spirit. You see, the spirit of the Lord will open our eyes to see the things that we need to see. He gives us discernment. He gives us a spirit of revelation. Then he gives us wisdom to know how to function with what he has revealed to us. Mm. He gives us that revelation and he gives us the power to overcome through his spirit. Galatians 5, 1 to 3. Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You see, if you don't keep, if you keep 610 of the 613 laws, you're still falling down on three. You're not keeping the whole law. But in Christ, that law, the Mosaic law is behind us. We don't need to worry about that apart from the Ten Commandments. They're eternal. And we can know, we can know without any shadow of doubt that in being dead to the sin, being dead to the law, we are alive in Christ. Mm. <laughs> Romans 6.15, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Our freedom should not be a stumbling block to others. We need to be mindful of what our actions can portray to others. We need to be discerning. 1 Corinthians 8, 9. We beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. And sometimes the actions we take, we can say, well, we're free, we're free in Christ. But if what we do is not done or born out of love and it's creating a stumbling block for those around us, we're not working in the love of God and we're creating a stumbling block that our brothers or sisters might fall over. 1 John 2.10, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. And then Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. It's amazing. It really is. Freedom is not sin. It's not freedom to sin and keep sinning and keep sinning. Because if you know the things that you should do and you don't do them, then you're deliberately walking in disobedience to God. And God will show you what you need to do. But freedom is not doing what you like without restraint either. It's not a license to do or say whatever you want. You see, everything we do or say has a corresponding result. And if we're doing or saying things that are causing people to be hurt and falling down, where is the love of God in that? And you can say, well, I'm exercising my right of freedom to say that. Well, has God laid that on your heart to do that? Is God doing that? 
Or is it me, myself and I, the unholy trinity at work in my life? You see, when you start to walk in freedom, it's like a pendulum can swing so far the other way that you can become totally unrestrained. And that's not God either. That's not a true understanding of liberty and freedom in God either. That's why there's rules to living. Otherwise, when you have your children and you don't put any rules around them, you don't put little things in place and they run and do whatever they like, whenever they like, to whomever they like, what you're creating is a microcosm of anarchy. (laughs) What you're creating is chaos and God is not the author of chaos. God has placed rules in, in our lives to keep us safe. And when you think about that, you think about sheep in a paddock and they run around and they can be as free as they like and the shepherd is standing over them, watching them and he's watching for the predators to come. And while ever the, the shepherd is watching for those predators, those sheep can run to the very, very furthest borders of their paddock and still be free and still be at liberty. But the minute that they step outside the parameters that the shepherd has placed around them, there's the potential for hurt and damage and chaos. Well, Jesus is the shepherd and the overseer of our soul. And he loves us so completely that he's not left us alone. He's given us the Holy Spirit who dwells within us to show us the things that we should do. You know, sometimes if, you, if you're about to make a mistake, you can feel this real check in your spirit. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying to you, uh-uh, orange light, don't stop, don't go. Just be ready to what he's wanting to say to you. You see, rules are in place to give you the freedom that God wants each one of us to have within the the parameters that he's given us so that we can be the people he's created us to be, that we can walk in the anointing, that we can walk in the power of God, that we can walk in the power of his spirit, being infilled daily, being refreshed daily, knowing God, knowing what his will is for us for today. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the only moment I know for sure I've got. Yesterday's gone. I can't change it. Tomorrow hasn't come and it may not be. So we have an urgency in the hour to understand what is it you want to do in me, Lord? What is it you want to do through me, Lord? Lord, make me free to be the person you want me to be and give me all I need to serve you with freedom, with liberty, so that I'm, my moral compass is so tuned into the sound of your voice. Oh, no, oh, hear that voice behind me saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Amazing, amazing, amazing God. See, freedom taken to extreme is absolute chaos and anarchy. But freedom in God is powerful. It's liberating He came to set the captive free. Freedom in Christ is what we need. And he knew that. Freedom is also a responsibility. You see, 
It's a responsibility that we have to make the right choices within the freedom that God's given us. Free from the restraints that would prevent us from following Christ to to the very utmost fibre of our being. It's a responsibility of saying, yes, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. It's a responsibility of saying, Lord, you filled me with your spirit. You've opened a door for me, opened a door for Mark and Chelsea and Olivia and Caleb. Walk boldly through in the freedom (laughs) that God has given you into your new season. And it's amazing. Freedom gives us access to the throne of grace. We can boldly come to the throne of grace without fear because God has made a way for us through the blood of Jesus. Freedom to love as Christ intended us to. Freedom to see with the eyes of faith, loving with a heart of love and compassion, exchanging our hurt and our rejection for God's healing and acceptance. He gives us freedom of speech. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Freedom to express ourselves in love. Freedom in prayer. Entering boldly into that holy place by the power of the Spirit. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through another person. You can enter boldly into the presence of God by calling on the name of Jesus. Now, there's a time where you need people to pray with you and pray for you. Yes, there is. Because there's power in a prayer of agreement as well. There's power in intercession that we can be free to intercede. But for the things that God's laying on our hearts, God can sometimes wake you in the middle of the night and you have a name on your heart and you start to say, Lord, what's happening? And and you hear a word, pray, just pray. So you're free to be woken in the middle of the night to pray for the things that God's laying on your heart. That's freedom. That is freedom. Because it's meaning that there are no obstacles between you and God and he's getting your attention and you can do what he wants you to do at that time. I've had some of my best, best times of prayer in the middle of the night. I don't look so great the next day. (laughs) But I wouldn't change it for anything. You see, sometimes we can be so busy that it's in the middle of the night that God gets your attention because there's no other distractions. Freedom in Christ is freedom from distractions. Be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Don't be distracted. Don't be discouraged. Keep going back to Jesus, saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And there's times where we are free to rest in him. There's a time to work and there's a time to rest. And we need to understand what season we're in so that if God is saying to us, draw aside with me and be with me, we are not so bound by duty or expectations of others that we ignore that still small voice saying to us, come, come rest with me. You see, law and grace also shows us the comparison between 
works and faith. We have to find the balance in what God is asking of us and the balance of what is required of us because not everything that we're doing is what God has asked of us and I can tell you that from experience. Did I not say, do this and you're doing that, that and that? Sometimes it's the freedom in Christ in prayer when we hear from him where he says, lay those things down. Cut that off, prune that and graft this into your spirit because this is what you're going to need to move ahead in me for this next season. Mm. Freedom in worship. John 4.23, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Freedom, whatever, whenever, wherever. Freedom to receive all that we need from him. It's not always what we want because sometimes the things that we want are the things that can actually be a very great barrier and bondage to us coming into the freedom that God has for us. Freedom to receive all. We need from him healing, spirit, soul and body. Having our minds renewed with his word in power by his spirit for his direction and his purpose. And when we're in that place with him, receiving from him, he gives us the perspective where we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus our Lord above our circumstances. And when we're with him and found in him, we can look down on those circumstances and have that view from above, the heavenly view, the heavenly perspective, which gives us the ability to say, ah, that's what's happening. That's what's not happening. This is what I need to do. That's freedom in Christ, to be able to walk with our Lord, talk with him. And that communication when we're asking God about things, then to take that time to be still and hear what he wants to say and receive what he wants to show us and receive those things he wants to do in us and through us, listening to God. You see, we go to the Father in the name of Jesus as led by the Spirit of God. <laughs> free from condemnation, free to choose God's way. Free to receive the courage that we need to choose God's way because there's a day coming where we're going to have to stand up and say, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do it what God, what God wants for me. I'm going to do it the way God wants me to do it. And I'm going to do it in the timing that he has for me. Joshua 24.15. And this is a generational thing. And we sang it this morning. My children and my children and my children from generation to generation to generation. Joshua 
24:15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were in the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice. We have that freedom to choose this day. Freedom for our hearts to be enlarged by him and I could go on and could go on. But freedom, the right and true freedom and liberty is that which is born and birthed of the Spirit of God which enables us to walk in power and in the anointing of God doing the will of God. Not the license to do whatever we want to do because we feel like it. And, you know, I had someone say to me the other day, well, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't affect anyone. Everyone's life affects someone. Every, no man is an island. Everyone's life has a ripple of effect. And it can touch others' lives. And the choices that we make today can affect someone for good or not so good. We can affect someone for good or for God. What do we want to do? We are free to make those choices as well. Freedom to serve him. Serving in freedom. Not because you have to, but because you want to, because you love. Because you want to serve your God and your king. Because you want to be used of him because the time is short. No one knows the day or the hour. We know we have today. So there's an urgency in our todays, in moving forward in God and doing what God wants to do. And I just really sense we're right on the cusp in this church of moving into something incredibly prophetic and incredibly powerful in God. I really sense in the season that we're coming into and the changes that have been wrought that God is going to do a new thing, that we're going to look back on the season that we've been in and say, ah, that's what God was preparing us for. Because God is bringing us into a season of incredible grace and a season of incredible blessing. But there will be challenges in that and there will be trials in that. And I just really sense that the Spirit of the Lord would say to each one of us today, choose this day whom you will serve and whether you're going to do it in your strength or in his strength. Because if we do it in our strength, we will fail. But if we do it in God's strength, we have victory in Jesus. We have his victory. We're coming to that time. Mm. It's exciting. Just in closing, when God challenges you, what's your answer going to be? And that's just between you and God. When God says, I want you to let go of this because it's weighing you down, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And God says... Hear that voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. What do we say? We say yes to Jesus. Even when we're afraid. Because being in Christ doesn't mean we're exempt from fear. <laughs> but it means that we can walk on in him knowing that he holds us in the palm of his hand and nothing can separate us from his love. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Either way, we win. He's awesome. Acts 2.17, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And then that goes on to say, and it shall come to pass in verse 21, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the key. We start with salvation, but it's the very beginning of what God wants to do in us and through us. Salvation in Christ Jesus. There is no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. As I close now in prayer, just allow the Spirit of God just to touch your heart. As I close in prayer, just allow God just to finger in your heart the things that he wants to do. But Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the incredible freedom we have in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We thank you, Father God, that that liberty will lead us into salvation. We thank you, Father, that as we receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord, we can know the peace of God that passes all understanding. Father, I pray for anyone in this place or listening online today who has not received Jesus as Saviour and Lord or who has walked away from you. Father God, I pray right now that as we lift our hearts to you, Father, you will draw each one to yourself. Father, in Jesus' name, forgive my sin. I ask you to take my life. I'm coming back to you or I'm giving my life to you for the first time, I pray, Father God, that you would receive me. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe Jesus died in my place and took my sin upon himself on that cross. I believe, Lord God, you have a plan for my life. I ask your forgiveness and I ask, Lord God, that you would receive me to yourself as your son or daughter. And Lord, I thank you that I can receive you as my heavenly Father. Jesus is my Saviour and the Holy Spirit is my helper and my comforter. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please get in touch with us and we'd like to resource you. But God, I pray, Lord, there are many, Lord God, that have need in their lives to be set free. Father, that need healing in our souls and our bodies. Father, that the pain has become such a bondage in our lives that's restricted us from moving freely in you. Father, I pray for each one of those today. Lord, that you would pour your spirit out upon each one of them today. That you would, Lord God, draw them to yourself in your love. I pray, Father God, for a casting down of imaginations and strongholds and everything that exalts itself against Christ in each life, Lord God, as you, Father God, will pour your spirit on each one and bring them to yourself in your love and set those captives free, Father God. Bring healing where healing is needed. Bring comfort where comfort is needed. Bring salvation where salvation is needed. Bring hope, Lord God. Bring life, and Lord God, I pray for that understanding for us to be free to serve to the extent that you want us to, not what is expected of us from anyone else but you. Lord, show us what you would have us do. I pray, Father God, that you would exchange our weaknesses for your strength. 
And in that weakness, Lord, give us the capacity to love with a heart of love that you would place in each one of us. That we can really, truly love in the freedom that you have for us without fear. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to love you with all our hearts and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength. Lord God, we give you praise and glory in the house. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. We commit this into the name of Jesus. Mm. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Lord, we are thankful and we are grateful for the freedom we have in you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.